You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Bam. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> This NFL season has aged like fine wine, and I cannot believe that it's already week nine Nine. of the NFC East Feast. George, can you believe we're already halfway through the NFL season? Oh, man, it's been such a journey, dude, and I can't (laughs) wait till it's over with. So let's get into week nine. I I got some treats for you coming up. So so I know you're a little down on your team right now, but I got some options. I had a... I did have some Kit Kats the other day, bro. Halloween treated me well, dude. First time your boy got a tummy ache in quite a t- quite a while. So apparently, twelve Kit Kats is too much. For yeah. So I'm assuming you were yeah. handing out. You were trick or treating. You were probably handing them out. I was handing them out, dude. We had some visitors. It was nice, you know. Uh, are you, let me ask you a question, dude. Okay. Somebody comes to your door, asks you trick or treat, right? Mm-hmm. Are you handing them candy individually, or are you allowing them to go into your bowl? Ooh, tough question. Never been for never been faced with that. Um, I think I'm handing it out. I don't think I'm putting the bowl out because you know there's that one kid with the sneaky fingers and he gets the whole yep. fistful and he just oh, yeah. takes off down the street. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, definitely. I've seen sneaky sneaky Nicky Bill, they call him, I think. Yeah. It's uh it's happened to me before. Um I I definitely think I had a few grabbers, maybe a double hander or two. Sure. Um but overall it went well, dude. It was a, it was a good time. I hope you enjoyed your Halloween and I hope everybody out there enjoyed their Halloween as well. Yeah, hope everyone celebrated safely. Um I always thought it was interesting the people that would just leave a bowl of candy out on the front porch. Bad. Like bro, you know like shout out to all the honest kids out there that would actually just, you know, so please take one. But you know that there was probably one jerk in the neighborhood who just dumped the whole thing into their pillowcase and just oh, took off. Oh, for sure, dude. And you always knew with those lazy parents at Cobb's Landing, dude, if you know Palm Harbor well, bro. Yes. Those people, the, the rich always do that. The mm-hmm. rich do that, for sure. Yeah, here's my giant bowl of candy and $300 outside. You can and, dude, take and one. They had, and they had the king size. The king size, king size candy bars, like the the full oh, ones. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? full ones. Yeah, no, you're right. Did you use a pillowcase or like a bag of sorts? What did you use? I was pillow pillowcase case. all day, bro. All yeah, day, all day. Well, Let's let's talk football here. Trick or treat. No, I, I like talk, Halloween better. I want. Yeah, you don't want to talk football. <laughs> I want to talk about a team that certainly had a treat. I think the biggest surprise by far in the NFC East this past week was the Philadelphia Eagles. I ignorantly picked the Detroit Lions to get their first victory. Because I thought they'd been playing, you know, highly contested football games. The Eagles were coming off of a loss. I thought this was the perfect time for Detroit at home to get that elusive first dub. And boy, was I wrong. 44-6 to was the final score. 
And the six points that Detroit scored, that was halfway through the fourth quarter. So the Eagles were up like 41 to nothing at one point. And shout out to Coach Sirianni. He finally listened to Sandra Bullock from the blind side, and he ran the damn football. The Eagles rushed for 236 yards. And this was without starting running back Miles Sanders. It was a team effort too, man. Jalen Hurts, 71 yards rushing. Boston Scott, 60 yards rushing. Jordan Howard, 57 yards rushing. Kenneth Gainwell, 27 yards rushing. And even Jalen Rager chipped in with 21 yards of his own. So this I was, was hoping you wouldn't say his name. But sorry, I gotta, we, we beat the guy up. I got to give him some credit when he has a nice Congrats on the 20 yards, Jalen. Congrats, buddy. <laughs> but, man, the Eagles got to be feeling pretty good about themselves, man. They're sitting at 3-5, and five, which, which is so crazy. They're actually in second place in this division. And they're like a game out of that seventh wild card spot in the NFC. So this was a big win for Philly, man, to go on the road and absolutely dominate. Jalen Hurts only had to attempt 14 passes, only threw for 100 yards. But like I said, they didn't have to really depend on the, the passing game. Dallas Goddard was really the only um, pass catcher of any note. He had six catches for 72. But, dude, we've I feel like you and I have been very hot and cold on the Eagles' defensive line. But this was a game where they were hot, man. They shut down. Yeah, yeah, they do. They shut. And Detroit, Detroit the, the strength of Detroit is their offensive line and the two-headed monster they have at running back. But, man, the Eagles. Um, I mean, if you, George, if you just think about it, if you just uh, put out the names. Fletcher Cox, who was the subject of some trade rumors. I thought that was very interesting. Obviously, he stayed in Philadelphia. When you got Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave on the inside, Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat. Uh, Josh Sweat had two sweats, uh, excuse me, two sacks in this game. It's an impressive defensive line, and they really showed out in this game. They dominated in the trenches, and hats off to the Eagles. I think they had the most impressive performance this week for me. How about you? Yeah, man. Honestly, Jared Goff has struggled all year mm. long, so nothing changed. The guy was forced into pressure. A lot of times he just held the ball just way too long, really just hit screen passes to Andre Swift, um, you know, had probably at least six or seven receptions that game because he was just a dumping down all right. the game long, even late in the game. It, it, you know, you could just tell he's not right. You know, he's, he's, I don't his, know how his confidence is shot. His confidence is shot, man. His confidence is shot. And uh, I, I can't say the lions. I know you guys were high on them last week, you know, before last week, they're own six. So I'm not sure why I'm sorry. Oh, and seven apologies. They were playing tight uh, games. Yeah. Tight games, you know, a 44, 60 at the Eagles. I think I just proved my point here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Eagles definitely, this could be a turnaround game. Definitely. You know, boost their confidence a little bit. Defensive line looked like it should uh, linebackers look good. DBs, Looked really good. They were not able to throw the ball downfield whatsoever. So, so you know, props to them. And uh, yeah, it's what I got on the on the Eagles. I mean, that's that's pretty much all there is. This was by far their their best performance of the season, and um, because of it, they're sitting in second place, and they're going to take some mem- momentum into the second half of the season. Um, I'm very uh, interested to see what happens in Detroit with Jared Goff. Um, to talk about him um, to finish this up. The Boo Birds were out in Detroit, man. Um, almost every time oh, yeah. you know he oh, had a yeah. couple a couple fumbles, they were booing him loud, and it's just uh, I, I don't know where the what direction they go with, with with Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. Obviously, it's a complete rebuild, um, but you know for my Lions fans out there, just uh, just hang in there and uh, and trust the process. <laughs> you know but, something I noticed with the Eagles, and I'm not sure if he's been hurt or what exactly has been going on, but dude, have you heard anything out of Ryan Kerrigan this year? 
I've seen him on the field a couple times when I'm watching NFL Renzo. And I think do I, th- I have a feeling like Brian Kerrigan is, is kind of there for a leadership standpoint. I don't think he has a lot of really good football left in him. Yeah. You know, that he may have been brought in just um, because he's familiar with the division uh, and maybe j- just for some insider information when they play you guys twice a year. But yeah, Kerrigan, uh, Kerrigan. It doesn't look like he's necessarily trying to be Ryan Kerrigan of old. I think he's trying to collect some extra money. He's got a couple kids, beautiful wife. It doesn't seem like the guy is going out of his way to train extra hard and and doing the extra work. Uh, he's going to rely on his leadership. But it's just something I noticed. Uh, I just saw his name cross the screen. He had no tackles last game. I, I, as far as I know, he's healthy. So that was a big signing for them. And it's surprising that he's yet to put but really a, a great effort out there this week, this year. Well, I mean, then shout out to you guys in, in the front office of the Washington football team. I think you guys knew it was time to, to you know, cut your uh, cut your ties with him. And, um, you know, Ryan Kerrigan is going to be just fine. He's a, he's a beautiful man. And I'm sure he's still he's got those, those uh, yeah. you know, whenever he does the heartbreak kid and flexes those biceps. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's probably just oh, yeah. out there collecting the paycheck. And, you know, you can never question Ryan Kerrigan's heart. I'm sure that although he is um, being paid handsomely, he still has some passion uh, for football, and you never know. Down the stretch, uh, I know one of their better linebackers is Alex Singleton. Say uh, Alex Singleton goes down, Kerrigan might be asked to step into a bigger role come um, November, December, when the Eagles could be playing for a wild card spot. So they'll be. I feel like right now that signing isn't paying dividends, but you never know. When the weather gets cold and the pads start thudding a little harder, a guy like Kerrigan might be more valuable. So we shall oh, yeah. see. Let's move on to Ryan Kerrigan's former team, the Washington football team, who had a very uneventful game, man. You guys went to Denver 17 to 10. This this was a frustrating game for me to watch, George. Uh, First, let's start with the good for me. The, again, the football team defense is certainly showing signs of life. You know, you're not the team that was giving up 30 or whatever, 33 points a game the first month of the season. Landon Collins, um, the linebacker, Landon Collins had a sack. John Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Chase Young had a huge force fumble of Teddy Bridgewater that, that set you guys up in good position um, at the end of the game. So the defense is playing much, much better. But, man, the football team, the offense is pathetic. I saw – oh, let me pull it up here. Give me a second. I apologize. When you guys were down in Denver, you guys ran – 19 plays inside of the Broncos 30 yard line. Yep. And those 19 plays totaled 17 yards. 11 of those plays were either for no gain, negative yards or went for a turnover. So do you just when you get towards the red zone you are just allergic to Cuz we were the- driving the ball down the yes. field the entire game. I mean it, it, it's it's just so frustrating to be a fan because you, you actually kind of see some good things, you know. Uh, again, I know stats don't win ball games, but more total yards by a lot, 342 mm-hmm. to 273, more passing yards, more rushing yards. The key here is fourth down efficiency, and that relates a lot to our kicker, Blewett, who blew it quite often last game. And um, one for five for fourth down efficiency. First off, we're going for for fourth down five times that means we're in their territory non-stop we, yeah. i mean most teams that drew down the field to what we did will score 34 points we scored Correct. 10 points <laughs> like it, it and and again i get it blew it you know blew it and he missed multiple kicks and we probably should have kicked the ball instead of going for 
five fourth down conversions. He's not missing them. They're being blocked. Being he has, blocked. Three, he has dude, three kicks that have been blocked in his first two career games. But B, it's different when you're getting blocked by the fucking offensive line's helmet. <laughs> you gotta get you gotta get the freaking ball up. Yeah. Like these aren't athletic blocks. These are simply the guys putting their arms up. I mean, yeah. you gotta get the it's uh and every kick is low and it's just consistent. And he lost us that game. We would have that won that game, even no, we played horribly uh and down the stretch if, if it wasn't for Blewett. So that's it's yes, tough to swallow. I, I'm yeah. not very good at math, but when I was watching that game and I noticed that you guys were down 17 to 10 and you were driving in the at the end of the fourth quarter, if Blewett would have made those kicks that were blocked, the score would have been 17 to 16. And then instead of having to go for a touchdown, you could have just kicked the game winning field goal. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, because because of Blewett, although it's not all on his shoulders. I thought it was very interesting. You guys decided not to bring in another kicker for competition. Like, what is the After coaching that, staff seeing? What what is it? What is he like? One for seven, dude? It's something ridiculous. Like he made two. He made one in this. Game. He actually made like a fifty-one yarder. In a fifty-yarder, and it you know skimmed someone's head when I think that was another <laughs> low kick. But I think he's legit, bro. I think he's like two for seven. Um, yeah, he know he's struggling, man. And and we, we wish Chris Blewett, you know, a much better success as dude, his, his NFL career continues. Um, you know that recently I've been beating up Taylor Heineke. I'm not going to do that this week. Although he did throw two interceptions, both of them were picked off by the Broncos All Pro safety. Justin Simmons. I just wanted to shout him out for a second. And the Hail Marys. Just, that's okay. Hail yes, you took the words yes. out of my mouth. Yeah. Both of his interceptions were the one was a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. The other one was a fourth down where he had to throw it into the end zone. So these weren't careless turnovers. This was just Heineke running for his life. I saw your center, who you're a big fan of, Chase Rulia. Yeah, I, believe, I believe he so fractured yeah. his fibula, correct? Yes. So he's going to be out. Yeah. So the O line is not playing well. And Sorry for the technical difficulties there, folks, but um, we were just talking about the Washington football team's injuries. Um, you're a big fan of Rulier, the center. He broke his leg. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. And you told me before we hopped on, I believe Montez Sweat suffered an injury in this game as well, correct? Yes, he broke his jaw, actually. Um, and he's out for the month or, or longer. So we are, we're, we're beat up pretty much everywhere, both interior offensive line with Chase Rulier, Brandon Sheriff. I think even the backup West Schweitzer got hurt. Uh, you know, it just, it doesn't look good for us. Um, Sam Cosme's out. I mean, literally we, we're, we're playing player B basically across the board on, on both sides. And it's it's tough to watch, dude. It uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say, man, anymore. Ah, so. you don't you don't have to say much more, man. Yeah. Um Heineke did have a very nice over the shoulder touchdown to DeAndre Carter. I wanted to highlight that. And I think a big problem with what's going on in DC is man, you guys cannot run the football. I'm not gonna get on Antonio yeah. Gibson too hard because of course the guy is playing with a broken bone in his shin. But like Jarrett Pattinson, the undrafted rookie out of Buffalo, was your yeah. leading rusher this week. So, I mean, you guys cannot establish a running game. And although the, although the defense is playing much better the past couple weeks, you can't control the line of scrimmage. So you're forcing them to spend way too much time on the field, which which is why you're losing football games. And these are winnable football games. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a bye week, obviously. We're not going to talk Washington anymore after this. But hopefully you guys obviously aren't going to get any healthier. Unfortunately, Rulier and Montez Sweat aren't coming back after the bye when you guys are going to end up facing, you know, the Buccaneers and the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. So it's not getting any easier. So I hope that Ron Rivera and that coaching staff can perform You got a quarterback for me this year, bro? You got, you got a, you're, you're talking oh, about Oh, I got so. Are you ready, George? Yeah, I told okay, you I had yeah. some optimism. 
Okay, and this week, because the Washington football team lost, I promised I would have a draft prospect <laughs> for you. So Washington football team fans, I present to you Matt Corral, or it could be pronounced Coral. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, Matt, Matt Corral is a junior qu- quarterback for Ole Miss. And dude, this guy is Ooh, oh, he's ball, sexy, ball. bro. Yeah, he's yeah, a good-looking good guy. Yes, good-looking oh, young yeah. man, 6'2", 205 pounds. He's a junior. And if you've seen any highlights for the things he's doing for um, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss Running Rebels offense, he's an absolute stud, man. He has a hose of an arm. He's going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken. I have a very Didn't interesting note. he have a note. bad pass, though, of some sorts? He's, a he got a bad trouble. pass? He's, George, I'm sure he's had a bad pass. No, I mean, have you heard about it, though? There's there's some I, oh, I pass. Some story on him. Pass. Oh, you mean like, yes. oh, he's like done some things. He's done some things. Hey, you know what? It's okay. On Saturday, he All does right. a lot of things. <laughs> so let's concentrate on the positive right now, George. We're trying to we're okay. trying to, we're, we're trying to right. instill You're optimism right. Right. into You're the right. football team fans. Matt, Matt Corral or Cora, like I said, you're probably going to learn his name very well as the 2022 NFL draft approaches because you will be drafting a quarterback. Another um, fascinating note I have for you. I'm not sure if you are busy this Saturday, George, but at noon Eastern time, Liberty University will be playing Old Miss. Now, if you remember last week, I told you about Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. So you get yep. to see Malik Willis and Matt Corral on the field at the same ah, time going head-to-head. So if I'm a football team, I believe it's on noon at I, it's either ESPN or ESPN2. So so be okay. sure to check your local listings. And if you're a Washington fan, tune into that game because two of those quarterbacks, or excuse me, one of those quarterbacks could be under center come preseason next year. So I like the, the guy that, from Pittsburgh. What's his name? Pittsburgh. I believe his name is Pickett. George, don't ruin it. I'm, I need all of these names. Every time you guys lose a football game, I need to present a new quarterback. So don't. Don't not get ahead of us. It's about Matt Corral today. But yes, I will talk about the, pit, the Pittsburgh quarterback Pickett to come. Okay. There's another kid from Cincinnati. Um, CT brought attention. I believe his name is... Um, Ritter, Desmond Ritter. We'll talk about we'll talk about all these yeah. guys, okay? But for now, <laughs> let's concentrate on Liberty versus Old Miss on Saturday because I think two of those guys are certainly going to be on your radar. Yeah, man, looking yeah, forward. Um, to it. one one more stat. You know, I give you a lot of optimism. Um, I did see this today though. Since 2020, the Washington football team has a record of four and thirteen versus non-divisional opponents. So a lot of those wins you got last year, which gave you the division, were against the bottom feeders of the NFC East. So you guys are not beating teams outside of this division. And because the division is a little bit better, of course, my Cowboys are much better. The Eagles are playing at a better level. You Mm -hmm. guys got to start winning some of these games against non-divisional opponents, or else you're going to be looking at the the Matt Coral and Malik Willis's of the world. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if if we look at those kind of guys, that's great because let's be real, B, this year, even the the, the lopsided games, I mean, we've been in it every game, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm not I, – I, if we fluke out and, and really do lose and all our players to injuries and end up losing five or winning four games this year or five games this year, it, it might be a blessing. So we'll see. We shall see. Well, something that I certainly did see – was one of the, mo- the most inspiring performances I've seen in the National Football League in a long time. And I don't think this is me being a Cowboys homer. George, I'm not too proud to admit this. You can ask my girl. I watched the game with her on Sunday night. When Cooper Rush threw that game-winning touchdown to Amari Cooper, and they panned to his mom and dad and wife in the stands, bro, I teared up. 
I got emotional, dude. Like, mm. because I felt almost like a jerk because I feel like I can speak for most Cowboys fans, coaches, and players. At about 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, when it was announced that Dak Prescott was going to be out for that game, we all took a huge sigh and was like, oh, okay, I guess we're losing this game. Like, you know, this is now. It's okay. We have a big lead in the division. It's all good. But there was three people in particular in this world that couldn't disagree more. And it was the parents of Cooper Rush and his wife. Like, there was such a big moment, man. And it, and it brought it full circle for me just to see his, just to see his dad with his, his hands on his shoulders, man. And to see them all embrace as, as he played would probably go down as the biggest game of this kid's life, man. It was, it was really, really cool to see this moment for Cooper Rush. Obviously, as a Cowboys fan, I'm just, I'm just so overwhelmed that we could pull off this, this victory on the road without our leader. But man, Cooper Rush, 24 for 40, 325 yards and two touchdowns. Like those are Dak Prescott like numbers. Like this kid, our offense wasn't nearly as effective without Dak in there, obviously. But he he was a field general, man. You, you I mean, what did you did you come away from this game like with? I mean, I know you're not a Cowboys fan like me. You're not tearing up, but but a certain part of you being being a, a kid who who had a dad who coached him, you know, as a young man, it had to make you feel a certain type of way. Oh no, I mean, it, it really did. I, I saw the highlights of that game, and and Cooper said it himself that you know his support system is unbelievable. And uh, what a great story for him, 27-year-old kid, kind of in and out, uh, not getting the most confidence, but having the people that believe in you when, when others don't is, a, is yeah. an amazing feeling, uh, especially for, the, for a quarterback that, that already, you know, already has that massive amounts of pressure. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, all eyes are on you. You're in a primetime situation. You know everyone doesn't want you to start this game. Right. Uh, but he, but he, uh, he prevailed. He looked great, you know. The guy looks like a a, a mid shift manager at Applebee's, bro. And, and <laughs> he really he looks he looks good out there, and he does his thing. I've always been strong on him, even last year. I was always I just like the name Coop, bro. Yeah. I just I wish I had yeah. I just I like cool Coop. I, like I got Coop, I got a, I I got a stat for you, okay? And this is completely irrelevant, but I thought it was funny. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have now two of the things that have happened in NFL history have both happened to the Cowboys the past two years. A guy with the same last name was received a touchdown by the guy with the first name, if that makes sense. So yep, Cooper that's... Rush threw a touchdown to a Mari Cooper. So Cooper, Cooper to Cooper. Correct. Now, yep. last year when we beat the Vikings in Minnesota, same stadium, same end zone, Andy Dalton threw a touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz. So again, that means absolutely nothing. I just hope you guys get a kick out of it like I did. Would you say better law firm name? Dalton and Dalton or Coop and Coop? Something Let's be real, dude. Coop and Coop sounds more of like a sketchy. Yeah, no, Coop and Coop sounds, sounds yeah, like, a, like, like a rap group. If, I, yeah, if, I, if I'm going to yeah. be represented by a long firm, something about the name Dalton, Dalton I think I like suit, it. I think tie, and I think oh, yeah. victory in the courtroom. So I'm going oh, yeah. with Dalton and Dalton to represent me. All day, all day, bro. There weren't, there weren't, you know, there made some nice clean men's warehouse, dude. Maybe some big and tall, dude. I'm liking that. I'm like, oh, you're going to like the way you look, brother. And I like the way that this, <laughs> this game looked, man, because much like, um, George, I think when you guys beat the Falcons, a couple words that you used were grit and guts. Mm -hmm. And that's what I saw out of this football team because things were not going right. That's the thing. It's not like we ran the ball like the Eagles for 230 yards. Zeke was held 250 yards rushing. Tony Pollard only had 26, so our running game was not there. Tyron Smith, our starting left tackle, left this game 
Um, he's probably not going to play um, in this coming week. I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Trayvon Diggs, um, the best corner in the league as far as you know interceptions. These the best half corner of the season. in the league. Okay. I said okay. as far as interceptions, I can I adjusted. Um, he was injured in this game. Although I do want to point out when Trayvon Diggs before he exited and he did play three quarters of this game when he was covering Justin Jefferson. We talked about that matchup. Jefferson one catch for three yards. So I, I believe the narrative on Trayvon Diggs is, oh, he gets burned, but he gets the interception. Well, he held an elite wide receiver to three yards. So, so put some respect on my man's name, and he probably shout won. out to safety help, baby. Oh yeah, shout out to safety. <laughs> help. I, you know what? I'll sh- I will shout out safety help. I'll shout out my safety, J. J. Ron Curse, because I noticed something. J. Ron Curse had a green dot on the back of his helmet in this game, and if you know what that means, George, it means that J. Ron Curse was getting the defensive play calls from Dan Quinn. Micah Parsons had been wearing that green dot for the first seven weeks Ooh. of the season. If you notice, Micah Parsons was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. And I think some of that, this might be a hot take, they took a little pressure off the young man's plate. Hey, you're not going to play defensive in a position you're not familiar with. You're not going to be receiving the play calls from Dan Quinn. How about you just go out there and play fucking strong side linebacker like you know how to do? And guess what? It results in 11 tackles, four of those tackles for loss, and his first... Um, award as an NFL football player. So shout out to Micah and just shout out to my Cowboys defense, man. My dog, Randy Gregory had another sack. He also had two very bonehead um, roughing the passer and another personal foul on the same drive. But let's be honest, when you smoke as much weed as that guy has, there's a few brain cells missing. So we're just happy that he makes it to the stadium every week. But dude, our defense really stepped up in this game. It wasn't all Cooper rush. Um, The defense was playing great. So I'm very proud of this Cowboys victory. Uh, Cooper was was brilliant in um, distributing the football. Amari Cooper, 122 yards. C.D. Lamb, 112. Cedric Wilson had a deep touchdown. He had 84 yards. So it was it was it was a thing of beauty, man. Although we only scored 20 points, this was by far my favorite win of the season. One guy from Minnesota, I do want to shout out though, Xavier Woods, the former Dallas Cowboy, had an interception and a sack fumble. So it was a revenge game for Xavier Woods. And um, I'm happy to see him doing doing well in Minnesota, but this overall man just 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 v- very proud. And this might seem a little premature, but this is the first time all year that I got that special feeling. It's the same feeling I got in that Tony Romo year where Demarco Murray led the NFL in rushing, and um, that was the Des Bryant catch year, or should I say, didn't catch year. That was the last time I literally looked at the Dallas Cowboys and said, "This team can win the Super Bowl." And when we can go on the road, no, don't get me wrong, bro. The Minnesota, I'm not going to say the Minnesota Vikings are a quality opponent because let's be honest, Kirk Cousins uh, fell to 8-17 and 17 now in primetime games. It's crazy. But, I mean, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, that's a potent offense. So I just, I, I just think it's an, impressive, it's an impressive win. I hope yeah. that Prescott can play this week. But um, if that's Cooper Rush's only career start, Boy, do his fam does his family have uh, something to be proud of? So, uh, oh, so shout sure. out, shout out to them boys. Um, and let's finish up our week eight recap with Monday Night Football. And what was a real barn burner of a game? the uh, The New York Football Giants fell short. The Chiefs won twenty to seventeen. Although the Chiefs got the victory, I mean, I feel like they still have to have kind of a bad taste in their mouths. I gave my take on what I thought was wrong with the Chiefs last week. We don't have to rehash that. 
but it's 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 not getting any better, man. Um, the Giants defense, much like Washington football defense, played much better um, in this game. The past couple of weeks, they really have been coming on. They intercepted Patrick Mahomes once in the end zone, and they actually intercepted him again at the end of the game, which could have sealed a victory for the Giants, but it was called back because of penalty. So the Giants shot themselves in the foot with penalties and turnovers. Um, Daniel Jones actually had a decent game, although he did th- throw an interception. He was 22 with 32. Uh, Devontae Booker, um, this may have been his last game uh, as a starting running back, but he had 60 yards rushing as well as 65 yards receiving. So they got a spark out of Devontae, but they're just so beat up in the weapons department, man. Uh, Sterling Shepard came back in this game. He missed a lot of the season with a soft tissue injury as a hamstring. Within like a one quarter, bro, he pulled a quad and he was out again. So no Kenny Galladay, obviously. Sterling Shepard got hurt. Kadarius Toney was in another lineup with a thumb injury. The Giants just don't have enough offensive firepower. And like I said, uh, the penalties and the turnovers cost them this game. They re- they could have went to Arrowhead Stadium and stole the victory, but they only have themselves to blame. I'm sure Joe Judge is uh, pretty upset after this one. Uh, what were your takeaways from this? Honestly, I think this whole game was on Joe Judge. Oh, wow. I think he lost this game for him, 100%. Clock management, uh, mm-hmm. discipline with the penalties, the conservative decision-making on on fourth down, especially when you're down right. in there in the red zone. I, I think that he could have coached a lot better ball game. I, I read some articles in regards to this game, and, and the fa- the fans and the, and the media are, are basically putting this one on Joe Judge. Uh, wow. I think they played, they played enough, you know, Devontae Booker, like you said, had a great game. Uh, they, they, they established the run. They, you know, Danny Dimes wasn't wasn't throwing too many dimes, but also he, not he throwing was okay. Picks. He didn't lose. Yeah, the he game. was okay. He was okay. So I uh, again, I, I think they could have easily won this game. I think you're on the same page with me, but I'm going to put it on sure. this one on the coaching staff. I get it, man. I get it, um, dude. Something I saw about the Giants, and this was this predates Joe Judge as well. But Joe Judge is part of the sum of this as well. Since 2017, and this is the New York Giants. Well, this is a blue blood franchise of the NFL. They've won multiple Super Bowls. Think of, you know, Bill Parcells, Tom Coughlin. These are legends. Since 2017, the New York football Giants have a record of 20 and 52. Dude, that sounds like some Cincinnati Bengals, New York Jets bullshit. Like, that is pathetic, man. So, so Giants, get step your game up because you guys, although the Chiefs aren't playing well right now, you could have went into a hostile environment and pulled out a win. But instead, you stay tied for last place in the NFC East. Um, let's actually, George, as we go to Week Nine, let's stick on the Giants. Originally, I wanted to go start with uh, the Cowboys. Let's stick on the Giants. Um, they will be hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, I want to talk about the Raiders real quick, man, because man, has this been a, a, a tumultuous season for them off the field? They've been playing pretty well on the field, which is which is crazy. They keep overcoming this adversity. And we will see how they overcome the adversity of Henry Ruggs. George, I'm sure you saw the story. Henry Ruggs killed somebody. Henry Ruggs on Tuesday morning at 2.09 a.m. What are you doing, Henry Ruggs? I believe you have practice um, the next day. Was driving 156 miles per hour. And he plowed into a Toyota would set the Toyota on fire, killing the young lady and her dog inside of the vehicle. Henry Ruggs' blood alcohol level was more than twice the legal limit, and he had a loaded firearm on the floor of the vehicle. 
Now, I'm not the morality police. I've had, as I said, we were talking about Britt Reed last night. I've had my poor decision-making when it comes to alcohol in a vehicle. I was lucky enough not to be have a handgun and drive 156 miles an hour. But, man, um, if you remember a guy, his name was Dante Stallworth. He was a receiver for the Saints, the Patriots. He bounced around the league. The Skins, Dante- too. Oh, yeah, that? you're right. A good yeah. call. Um, Dante Stallworth also um, killed somebody while being drunk behind a vehicle. The, the circumstances were not nearly um, this yeah, uh, you can't get past 150 some miles right. per hour and expect to get like just a slap on the wrist for something I, like that. I believe, um, shout out to our boy Robert Plaza told me, um, Dante Stallworth got two years in prison. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not a judge, jury, or executioner, but you got to think that Henry Ruggs is facing at least two years. I believe that he's looking at a maximum of about 25 to 30. So, man, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, obviously, the, you know, first of all, sh- prayers to, to the, the family of the victim and to the Ruggs family. You know, they just th- this young man, I'm sure, has a, has, has a mother and father, maybe brothers and sisters, grandparents, cousins, aunts, uncles, all that, who are facing a loss of their own. Um, looking at, you know, what's going to be a, a lengthy prison sentence. But, man, after all the John Gruden emails and now this, it's I mean, the Raiders are five and two, which I mean, they're, they're in first place in, in, a, in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. So it's, it's like, I, how do they regroup? But I, I mean, I, we'll, we'll get off of that. I just wanted to, to, unless you guys weren't familiar with the details of the story, but they will be traveling to Jersey to face the Giants. And despite the rug situation, man, I still got the Raiders in this football game. I believe that Derek Carr um, is an MVP candidate, in my opinion. His brother, uh, David Carr, who works for NFL Network, put that out this week. Um, and people were a little mad at him because it was right after the rug situation that he said, you know, my brother's going to win MVP this year because he's going to show you guys, despite all these offseason distractions, he's going to lead this team to a division title. And people are like, oh, that's insensitive that you're tweeting about Derek Carr when this is going on. But I got Derek and David's back. I, I think Derek Carr is playing at, at, at an MVP level. And although obviously they'll be without their speedster wide receiver out of Alabama, um, they still got uh, Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in this league. Um, they got a plethora of running backs. Uh, Josh Jacobs um, got hurt a couple weeks ago, but coming off the bye week, he will be back. Kenyon Drake is their receiving back. They also have your boy Peyton Barber. I think the Raiders rally. I thought that, I thought after the John Gruden emails that they were going to go into the tank. They've they've they're undefeated since then. Since Rich Pisaccia took over, the Raiders are undefeated. They're two and zero, and I expect it to continue. Nothing against the Giants. I just um, Saquon Barkley. Tested positive for COVID today. So although he may have been able to return this game, he's going to miss. So again, if it's it's, a, it's on Devontae Booker and that and that's below average offensive line, Kenny Galladay is probably going to miss as well as Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney is banged up. So I just think the litany of injuries that the Giants have, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the Raiders, man. What say you? Yeah, man. Uh, crazy with the the Henry Rugg situation. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to add on. Uh, sure. There was actually a spotlight on Darren Waller, who who happens to be a, a previously um, a basically a you know had some a had drug some real problems. Yeah, a drug addict was addicted to oxy's. Uh, alcohol was an issue throughout college, throughout pros. Uh, would show up to practice pretty much all buzzed out on on oxy's mm-hmm. and and rolling and shit. So. You know, and he got sober, and it just so happens that there was a spotlight on on Darren Waller uh, prior to this game and prior to the the DUI from Henry Ruggs, and it, it shows that everyone struggles in their own way. But I was, you know, I 
it's tough. It's tough. So again, prayers to, to the families, but on this game specifically, I'm not a, I, every time I see Derek Carr, it reminds me to David and David <laughs> just so happens to be pretty trash when he played for the Houston Texans for like six years. <laughs> yeah, he was very bad. He was very bad. He was very bad. Um, and again, I'm not hard. I'm not, I'm not trying to be hard on Derek, but I guess the last game I really watched him play was against the chargers and he just didn't look that great to me. He, he looked like, Derek Carr and I know he can he puts up numbers he puts three four hundred yards passing uh he gets a lot of that in garbage time to be honest with you but I yeah I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Giants here I think Devontae Booker Booker's not gonna have an issue running the ball against against the Raiders I think you know I think Danny Dimes does his thing Sterling Shepard maybe maybe has a couple breakout catches for for you know 40 plus yards and uh i'm gonna take the giants here i'll take them 23 10 i think they're gonna i think is out this game shepherd is out out in this game but they do have Kadarius tony and we i talked about him i love the rookie out of florida and they still have uh darius slayton darius slayton looked good last week yeah they've got pettis they do have evan ingram and kyle rudolph at tight end um and Devontae booker catches the ball very well in the backfield so there's still weapons there i'll go 23 20 i'll go 23 20 derek carr derek carr stats this year 67% 67% completion percentage, 2,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, five picks. So it's I no might Heineke, be getting. It's, no Heineke. A, it's all Heineke. I might be being a little overzealous going um, to say he's an MVP candidate, but he's playing pretty damn good, man. And I think he's certainly a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. And I think with the laundry list of injuries and lack of momentum coming from the Giants. I think the Raiders, strangely enough, almost use this Ruggs situation as dark as it is as another rallying point. And I think they, they pull off a tough win. I want to touch on what you said about Darren Waller. He was a guest on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast. Guys, if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, first of all, we love you so much and thank you for doing it. But check out Bustin' with the Boys. They're on the Barstool Sports Network. It's Will Compton, who used to be a football player. And Taylor Lewan, the starting left tackle for the Tennessee Titans. They were teammates for the Titans. It's a great podcast, man. And Darren Waller came on there and he talked about um, dude, at Georgia Tech, he would sneak vodka into his Gatorade bottles, bro, during yeah. practice and games. This dude was getting hammered while playing football at an elite level at a division division one program. So, but but no, what's awesome is that um, Max Crosby and him both um got the courage to get sober. They helped each other out. So it's a it's a real Jekyll and Hyde situation in Vegas, man. And of course, it had it has to be in Vegas, you know, the Sin City. That you know, uh, I, I think you posted on the Good Days uh, Pizza one of my boy Kanye's lyrics. All they although it cannot always be day, yep, yep. Like it must be night, and that's must, that's a yeah, quote. Yeah. It, it's a quote, and um, you know, it's as dark as it's been for the Raiders. I think the light shines on them this Sunday. I got the Raiders winning. I'll go 27 to 23. What's your score? Yeah, I, I'm saying 23-20. I'm taking, I'm taking the G-men, dude. I like their defensive front still. 
I, I they are banged up a little bit. I'm not sure if I mean everyone's banged up. I'm sure the Raiders are banged up somewhat. Uh, if Derek Carr throws for over 300 yards, I think they get this game. But they're going to have to get a couple turnovers to 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 win this game against Derek Carr. For sure. So. I mean, you you called it. If there's a strength of the Giants that is healthy, it's uh, it's Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and Olujari. They have they have a hell of a pass rush. So and the Raiders O line is certainly below average. And the last time you picked the Giants in a game that I thought you were crazy is when you put a lock and they beat the Panthers. So. Maybe you're on to something. Well, something I'm on to is a six-game winning streak. You know, I'm talking about them Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? I'm sorry it took me so long to do that. The Cowboys are now hosting the Denver Broncos, a team that I have absolutely zero fear in. Okay? Ooh. I'm just going to assume that Dak Prescott is back this week, and I think that we open up a good old-fashioned stone-cold Steve Austin can of whoop-ass on the Denver Broncos. I'm expecting Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Man, I saw a stat on Tony Pollard, George. You're not going to believe this. Tony Pollard averages 3.9 yards after contact per rush. That's second in the NFL behind guys named Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb, two of the elite running backs in the league. So although Zeke is the bruiser, when Tony Pollard gets hit, he gets four yards afterwards. Oh, so think- not so, not so fast. Did you see the rushing stats of last week versus Minnesota? Did you see it? Please tell me the rushing stats if you didn't. Um, Fifty yards from Zeke and twenty-nine from Tony Pollard. Okay, yes, they, yes, they forced Coop to throw the ball. I would do the same thing. Okay, thank you. The, they probably, and I know that was your defense, so I just took it. It was, me. thank you. You took the bullets <laughs> out of my gun. <laughs> but I mean, let's let's see that offensive line, like you said, is 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 getting hurt up, beat up a little bit. Tyron we'll, Smith will miss this game. We'll miss this game. So I, I you know, in the, in the front from Denver, um, I mean, they stopped us. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You, but. Guess who Denver just lost, George. Some would say the greatest defensive player in the history of Von the franchise. Miller. Yeah, Von, Von Miller, Miller got traded to the Rams. He will not be yep, in this game. Yep. Now, I respect – I believe they have Sylvester Williams on the D-line. They got Bradley Chubb. The Denver yeah, number 98 is pretty stout. Yeah, there's a couple guys. Their defense isn't, yeah, isn't yeah. a slouch to, by, by any means. But the Dallas Cowboys have an NFL leading 450 yards of offense per game. Okay? And like I said, I'm going to assume Dak is back this week. I thought he was going to play last week, so – I mean, we are healthy other than Tyron Smith. Um, I believe what's going to happen, um, Niseki will start at left tackle and to replace Tyron, and Lyle Collins is going to start at right tackle. And then we still got um, the Connor McGoverns, Connor Williams, Tyler Biotish, um, and one more, I'm like, Terrence Steele. So we have, we have a little bit of depth on the O-line. And I think that I think that we lean on um, th- that depth and we lean on Zeke. Um, Zeke had a huge play, although he only had 50 yards rushing. The play that set up Amari Cooper's game-winning touchdown, George, it it is vintage 2016-2017 Ezekiel Elliott. He catches probably like a five-yard pass, and he just did four tacklers. It sounds like Chris Berman. Rumbling, bumbling, boom, 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 just running people over, boom, boom, to set us up with a first and goal, and eventually, obviously, the Amari Cooper toe-tap to win it. I think Zeke... Although, dude, the talent is clearly not there as it was when he was the, the rushing champ as a rookie. The heart is there. And the heart has not been there the past couple of years. So I think the heart of Ezekiel Elliott and the talent of Tony Pollard. And, you know, Trayvon Diggs will be back this week. Um, he, he did sprain an ankle, but he will, he'll be back. So I'll go hot take. He gets uh, another interception because, let's be honest, Teddy Bridgewater, um, although he protects the football, he doesn't exactly have a cannon. 
So I think he might uh, throw a wounded duck up in the air. I do respect the Denver Broncos weapons though. Um, Jerry Judy came back from an ankle injury. He um, is a first round pick of them as of last year. Cortland Sutton is a monster. And they also have Noah Fant, uh, one of the more athletic tight ends in football. And they have a two-headed monster running back as well. Melvin Gordon had two touchdowns last week against you guys. And they have the rookie out of North Carolina, Javante Williams. So, I mean, Denver, they stopped a four-game losing streak last week. And they're 4-4. Four and four. So, I think they are certainly a respectable team. But Vegas has this as like a 9 or 10-point spread, dude. So, I mean, I think they're, they're telling you something. They're telling you the Cowboys are a much better football team. And I'm confidently saying the Dallas Cowboys win going away. I've got the Cowboys 31 to 17. How about you? Yeah, I like it. I mean, it, 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 I'm, I'm right around there. If Dak starts, that's that's key there. If, if, if Dak starts, I'll I'll go ahead and say 31 to 20, 21. I'll give him 10 points. I think Denver's offense is is slow and methodical. It's yeah. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I I don't have the greatest confidence in him. He, you know, he keeps having to remind himself to calm down. Last mm-hmm. week, he wore a wrist strap or, or where his play calls were, and he just kept – he wrote a note that said, smile, be yourself. Like, you know, I, I don't know about me, but I just don't know if I want my quarterback with mental health uh, quotes on his on his wristband just to make sure he'll be okay out there. Um, but I, I, I like this game for the Cowboys. I don't see any chance for the Broncos. And, again, I got you guys by 10. All right. Shout out to Teddy B, though, man. Of course, you don't want your quarterback to have mental health issues, but I do believe that's something that he has struggled with. And I love how the league has rallied around this issue. Um, Dak talked about it last year. His brother committed suicide. Calvin Ridley, a Pro Bowl receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, just stepped away from the game of football. And I want to applaud him for that, man, for for these kids taking care of their mental health because it's a real thing. Uh, it doesn't Lane matter. Johnson too. They, he had the Eagles. His, uh, yes, has had a personable interview with what's his what's his name? Um, was it Jay uh, Glazer? Yes, Jay Glazer. Yeah. That was that was pretty impactful. I watched that with my fiance, and that was you know it was eye opening. And, and shout out to him for for having the bravery and the and the courage to do that in front of everyone. And it's definitely a real issue. You know, I kind of just made a joke prior to to, to that statement, but I I think that um, it's it's out there. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, you, it's, it's, it's not a joke, man. Don't, don't beat yourself up. You don't, you don't want your quarterback to have mental health struggles. Like that's, that's a real thing. You don't want, you <laughs> yeah. don't want to have your quarterback to write messages to remind himself to calm down. But yeah. when you do recognize it and you address it, whether it's through therapy or whether it's just taking some time to yourself, maybe, um, take some hot yoga, take a couple deep breaths, take a couple you, Kit Kats to the dome, bro. That's yeah. Yeah. Clearly, clearly you have an issue with Kit Kats. Maybe you need to do some ayahuasca or some Ibogaine, go to the forest in Costa Rica and discover your soul. Whatever you got to do, people, the NFC East feast supports you. We got you. Someone else who I support this week is Nick Sirianni, man, because I talked about, he finally ran the damn football and he's going to have to do that this week because they are playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, the Chargers are coming off of a loss, but I do still consider them a quality football team. This game, I believe, will be played in Philadelphia. Yes, it is. So the Chargers are traveling to the city of brotherly love, and although they're coming off of a loss, I feel strong on the Chargers in this game. The Eagles' defensive line is impressive, but I love the revamped O-line of the Chargers. Um, They're... First round pick out of Northwestern. He's an absolute monster. 
Um, they have the center they signed from Green Bay, Lindsey. He's been playing very well. I just, I just like their weapons, man. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are a perfect X and Z out at wide receiver. Although you question Jared Cook's age and ability to handle the COVID-19 virus, I still think that he is a pretty valuable weapon at the tight end position. Um, Rashawn Slater, the left tackle out of Northwestern. He was slipping my mind. I apologize. Um, and Austin Eckler. Dude, that guy is so small but so strong. I believe he squats about 2,400 pounds. I'm not sure the exact number. I yeah, may be exaggerating. For sure. But but he's a dude. He's a monster. Catching the ball out of the backfield, he's a problem. So I hope it's not your boy Kerrigan who gets matched up with him. It'll probably be Alex Singleton. But I think that Eagles defense has their hands full this week. They're going to have to run the football because Justin Herbert is – you know, wise beyond his years at the quarterback position. The kid has poise. He has moxie. He goes through his reads unlike any player I've seen in their second year in this league. So I think that Herbert at this point is just, although they, they're in the same draft class, he's light years ahead of Jalen Hurts as far as, you know, actually being um, a field general and actually leading his team. Jalen Hurts is good when he doesn't have to rely on his right arm. He's good when he relies on his left and right foot. He runs the hell out of the football. And I think the Eagles will run the football again this week. They, they ran for about 230 last week. I think they come back down to earth, maybe running for 130, respectable. But I don't think it's enough. And I think that because the Chargers get out to an early lead and force Jalen to play catch-up, that they force him to turn the ball over. So I got maybe Derwin James to get an interception, maybe Joey Bosa to get a strip sack. I will say the Chargers win this game close. 26 to 24 Chargers. How about you? Yeah, man, it's a tough one for me because I really like the way the Chargers, not the Chargers, the Eagles played last week against the Lions. Sure. But I'm also, I'm talking Super Bowl Super Bowl possibilities for the Chargers on my end. I, I, wow. I'm very, very high on the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert. I love their receiving core. I love their defense, uh, their their defensive front as well, Joey Bosa. I think, that, again, I think they're just going to get keep getting better until the end of the year, and I, I see them as a serious contender. Um, so it's tough to go Eagles here, even though I love the way the Eagles looked again last week. But I'll go ahead and go Chargers. I think Justin will will show out and uh, do his thing. Maybe even do a little bit with his legs, like you said. He does definitely make the right reads out there and, and takes the time to do so. Uh, but maybe that's something that the Eagles won't, you know, won't will be surprised by. So right. I'll go ahead with Chargers, and I'm going to go 27 to 21. 27 21. So I think we both got um, the the road team picking up a picking up a tough victory because because we got some respect off the Eagles coming off of their best game of the season. Well, I know somebody that we're very curious of who he thinks are going to win this game. And unfortunately, guys, we've had the privilege um, this year, I'm sure you've noticed, of having Jay Ludds live in studio with us. Ludds is battling a little, bit of, a little bit of a cold. He also has two beautiful children back at home that aren't feeling that well either. I'm happy to report this is not a COVID situation. This is just the common cold. Believe it or not, people can actually still get sick in 2021 and not have COVID. So we hope that the Ludlow, <laughs> we hope the Ludlow family is feeling better. And you'll probably hear it in his voice a little bit, but Luds is under the weather, but he is a trooper and he loves you all and he loves the NFC East feast. So he sent us in a voice memo and now Luds was two and two in the East last week and he will take it from here and let you know his record and get into these picks. So Luds, the floor is yours. Week nine, NFC East feast. So far overall, I'm 16 and 12 in the NFC East feast picks. I'm four and two on my upset parlay. Um, so week nine, 
Uh, first game on the docket, we got the Los Angeles Chargers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Los Angeles Chargers are favored one and a half on the road. Uh, Philly showed up last week, but unfortunately, they're going up against Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I think the Chargers defense hasn't really been too impressive, but I think they do enough to get it done this game and get out of there with the W. Uh, Justin Herbert's impressive. I think they uh, they cover the one and a half. I am taking the Chargers minus one and a half, 30 to 21 Los Angeles Chargers. Next game. So Luds is kind of in agreement with us on the Chargers there, a, a close, a close victory. Game of the docket. Denver at Dallas. Dallas is a nine and a half point favorite or eight and a half point favorite, depending what site or, um, you know, which one you use. Um, I'm going to go with eight and a half. Um, Denver's going on the road. Uh, they lost their leader on defense, Von Miller. Um, a healthy death, uh, Dak Prescott this week. Hopefully he should, he should be able to play. Uh, I am going to take the boys in the points minus eight and a half, 30 to 18 Dallas Cowboys. Woo! Last game in the East this week uh, with the Washington football team being on by. Uh, we got the Las, Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants. Vegas is traveling to New York. Um, Vegas is, is favored two and a half points. Um, so the Raiders are coming off a bye week. Um, I think they're well rested, well rested and prepared going into New York. Um, Raiders have been burned, had burned me in the past this year um, a couple times now. So I'm going to go with them this week. Um, it's a team I can't really figure out, but I do like the two and a half points because they have been putting up points. I do like Vegas minus two and a half, 27-14 Las Vegas Raiders. So to recap, Luds is swallowing this week, guys. He's got the Cowboys minus points. He's got the Chargers minus points, and he has the Chargers and the Raiders minus points. So he is swallowing. He's taking the road teams with the Raiders and the Chargers, and he's got my Cowboys covering at home. Now, for my upset parlay, I hit again last week. I'm hot. I'm 4-2. and Um, This one's kind of a gimme, I think. Uh, All right, I got to pause there. I'm sorry for interrupting you so much, Luds. I uh, listened to this before we came on air, George. Ludge recorded this upset parlay before it was announced that Aaron Rodgers had been diagnosed with COVID-19. So obviously I'm going to ruin one of his picks. He is going to take the Packers over the Chiefs because the Chiefs, even when Rodgers was healthy, the Chiefs were favored. Now, of course, they're a bigger favorite, but I'm sure if we had Ludge live, he would not take the Packers over the Chiefs if Jordan Love was starting. So I think we need to give him a pass on this game. And we will just take his one parlay. It won't be an upset parlay. We'll just take his one upset. But he does have the Packers over the Chiefs. But, of course, again, he did not know that Rodgers had COVID-19. I'm shocked that Green Bay is um, is not favored in this game. But Green Bay plus one at Kansas City. Everybody's waiting for the Chiefs to turn this season around. But I just don't see it. I mean, they got lucky against the G-Men last week. Should have lost that game. I am taking Rodgers. He's rolling. Green Bay plus one. And for my second upset pick this week, I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers plus two and a half as my second upset. Um, And that's going against Arizona. Uh, San Francisco's at home. When they played each other earlier in the season, the Niners held Arizona to only 17 points in Arizona. Um, I think Garoppolo's back starting this week for them at home. Uh, Murray's battling an ankle injury, so I'm not sure if he's going to play. If he does play, he's going to be a little limited. Um, I am. I'm going to go with the Niners this week, plus two and a half. Green Bay plus one. 
I appreciate it, boys, and I'll see you next week. Get well soon, Luds. We hope you feel better. And I like the second pick he had there um, with the Niners over the Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray does have an ankle injury. We all know if Kyler is limited you know, with his mobility, he's clearly not as effective. So we'll see. And again, obviously, he did not know about the Rodgers situation. So we'll give him a pass on that pick. But this was a fun week as always, George. You guys got the bye week, so I hope um, you spend this weekend scouting some uh, some future NFL draft prospects. Oh yeah, and I yeah. I am uh, I am certainly looking forward to uh, hopefully watching my boy Dak Prescott Bick get uh, back into the lineup. It's wild, guys. We're already in November, halfway through this crazy season. George, I appreciate you, man, for uh, for everything that you do for the podcast, and I appreciate uh, all of you listening to the NFC East. Ding!